This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Podgo. We use Podgo for monetizing all our podcasts. We get paid within 24 hours. So if you're a podcast, want to get paid, check it out at podgo.co. That's podgo.co. And be sure to add our podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. See you guys in the episode. It's the language of the universe. I don't understand it. Welcome back, everybody, to the Math and Physics Podcast. I'm your host, Parker. And I'm Ray. And we welcome you to episode number 40, where today, as you can see, it's on Zoom. First of all, if you're on YouTube, you'll be able to see that you can see us now. And uh, today, we are not talking anything mathematical anything physical but the philosophy of science that still counts <laughs> i mean okay technically it, it is still mathematical i mean at the end of the day but it is the philosophy of it so i think we mentioned this in quite a few episodes where we're gonna be like yo we need to do a philosophy of science episode because philosophy in general i think is just important you know to, to science right right so i think it's i think it's really cool it's not just important okay it's mind bending. Oh, just like what, just like the the topics we discuss, anyways. True, true. But it's kind of like an outside view to mm-hmm. math and physics, and kind of like it gets a little bit more mental, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. For sure, for sure. Before we get into the podcast, some news. Quick news, quick news. We're gonna make this nice and quick. Okay, first Zoom episode. Good news. There we go. Awesome. Other than that, we are very close to. 30,000 downloads? Yeah, we're actually at 29, right? Mm-hmm. 29,000, something like that. 29,000 today. Yep. We are on track to hit 3,000 followers by New Year's. Ooh. So, uh, that's going to be crazy. That's going to be hype. That's going to be very nice. If you have any questions, make sure to uh, go follow us on Instagram at math.physics.podcast. You can email us by adding at gmail at the end. And then, uh, Facebook, of course. Oh, the, the the one news though is that um, this Zoom episode is not only our first Zoom episode, but is a trendsetter <laughs> because now every episode after this is going to be on Zoom. Yes, that's right. I think that's amazing. So, I mean, the main reason we're doing this, I think, is just so we can kind of give a YouTube audience, you know, the chance to see us. Because, like, if you're on YouTube, you just don't want to look at a picture for forty minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, you might want to see people talk see their expressions yeah so we're like every episode is obviously still on spotify but just has the option if you guys want to check it out on youtube yeah and yeah. our youtube is not like performing amazingly so yeah that is also true i mean it's mainly because no one really wants to i guess watch a pictured podcast on youtube we're in yeah like so um that's what's gonna happen yeah that's basically it let's uh let's start discussing about the philosophy of science philosophy of physics and mathematics yeah so i i think in before we start though in in this episode i think we're mainly going to be focusing on the physics and the math because philosophy of science like i think i was doing a little research before there are so many different science fields where like philosophy applies You know, there's neuroscience, there's biology, there's chemistry, there's so many different versions of biology where philosophy applies. So I think today, just to keep it, you know, short and concise and with the name of our podcast, let's keep it a math and physics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so mathematics and physics, what is there to even talk about in terms of philosophy? Well, it turns out (laughs) a lot, a lot. (laughs) So math and physics is, well, math more specifically is kind of an idealistic description of not even phenomena that we observe but it's more like we have this mathematical foundation framework that we established over the years and it just so happens that physical observations fall into that framework very neatly and it helps us predict more physical observations for example black holes that we talked about two weeks ago Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. the mathematics were established 
you know, Einstein said these objects exist in the universe and it got proven. So yeah. the, this happens a lot with dark energy as well. You know, we haven't really proven dark energy, but it seems to be... Exact, the math exists. The math shows that, you know, there has to be something that is intervening, that is affecting the mass in, in galaxies and the rotation rate. Oh, yeah. And we're just going to call it dark energy slash, you know, dark matter. Well, technically, the, the, the galaxy rotation rate is dark matter. The dark energy is the one that's, uh, you know, expanding the universe. But yeah, I mean, basically similar trains of thought. And I think the entire idea of, uh, of just philosophy of math, especially, because we can definitely go like math is just because it's so abstract, right? Like the entire idea of math, as you were saying, it's basically just like an idealization. It's something that we can apply to real things to predict certain things but it's just it's just a concept it's just it's very very abstract and that's especially why like you know in the proof classes and everything we're doing right now it's so it's it's incredibly abstract which i think kind of gives us an even deeper you know understanding of it mm-hmm. because like by definition like math is just so conceptual that it only <laughs> you know kind of provides you with with the understandings to do things, in my opinion. Yeah, and there are um, uh, many schools of thought behind, like, mathematical objects. Okay, <laughs> there are a lot of mathematical objects. Well, I'm not going <laughs> to do a list, but anyways, one example, okay, I'm, and I'm just going to stick with this example probably till the end because it's the easiest example, but numbers are, are mathematical objects, right? That's That's the perfect perfect example so the first school of thought that i want to go through is intuitionism right and so under that uh school of thought i guess um basically mathematical objects are strictly just mental constructions that is true and you know a number is just a mental construction it's not a real thing uh an integral you know whatever Everything, uh, a matrix, they're all just these mental constructions that don't really exist. And mm. the, the idea is that a single person or the collective, like the collectiveness of the human race are, you know, we're advancing and creating more of these uh, mental constructions as time goes and they get more and more complicated with their applications and all that. But the idea is that the math is strictly in our heads. It is not, it is not separated. It's not a, a separate entity from us humans, right? And we're going to get into that other perspective in a bit. But the idea is that the math is only in our heads. And we are, we are thinking of the math and we are making the math as we go. And, and mathematics itself is infinite. Right, there are an infinite amount of mental mm-hmm. constructions that you can create, propose, and work into the the weave of of mathematics, and it will never be complete because our human race can create an arbitrary amount, arbitrary arbitrarily large but finite amount of these mental constructions, but it will never paint the full picture of what mathematics really is. Yeah, like even like numbers in general, right? Like numbers, as you were talking about, like how, you know, they just depict this reality that we're in. Like, Mm -hmm. to be honest, for another alien civilization, right? Like, who knows if they don't, maybe like their numbers are obviously called something else, first of all. But like, obviously, you know, they might be completely different than what we're used to seeing. Mm -hmm. So if we were to like, even though the language of mathematics is kind of universal, we are still representing it in a certain language, you know, like the language that we started it in, like numbers in general, right? Like the one, the two, the three, that concept is obviously universal, but the way we depict it, like in a matrix and all, mm. like, would you think like another alien civilization would be able to understand it? Would like, do, do you think that? See, that's the, that's the issue with intuitionism. It's that, like what you're talking about is basically formalism. Mathematics is a separate entity and we kind of dig into the bag of tricks and pull out these these objects that already exist mm-hmm. in the universe, in nature, 
in mm-hmm. other realms of of existence. That is kind of what's happening, though, isn't it? Well, what's the what's the other viewpoint that you were talking about? Intuitionism is that we are creating these ideas as we go. We are creating it. They're all in our heads. They don't they don't exist anywhere else but in our heads. We can write them down, but when we write something down, it's for someone to read it and to <laughs> have it in their heads. But but the interesting thing about math, though, the, the, and this is where the math interesting part comes in, though, right? Like when you write something down mathematically, you know, or at least I mean, this is kind of like how we're brought up too. like we know that there is some physical object that can be represented by this. You know, like every mathematical object, like every mathematical intuition, for example, you know, has a reasoning behind it. So, like, for example, as you were talking about, you know, Einstein's theories and like a wormhole, for example, right? right? It exists on paper, but we've never seen it in the universe. Does that mean it just doesn't exist? Or does that just mean that we haven't seen it yet? Yeah, it seems like you are a, a formalist, you know? Maybe, maybe, maybe. You are a very heavy formalist. Maybe. And I have this passage from a website that I will link okay. in the description because these are very, very interesting So here's the passage, okay? Unlike the intuitionists, uh, Hilbert did not take the natural numbers to be mental constructions. Instead, he argued that the natural numbers can be taken to be symbols. Symbols are, strictly speaking, abstract objects. Nonetheless, it is essential to symbols that they can be embodied by concrete objects. So we may call them quasi-concrete objects, right? Okay. So as you were saying earlier, like natural numbers one two three it's not just something we made up in our heads but it's it can be literally represented by concrete objects yeah like you know one of this one of whatever and in exactly as you were describing like would would an alien civilization be able to understand that well you know as a as a formalist it would be well yes you know these mathematical objects are in the ether floating around us and and every intelligent being would you know eventually pick out these mathematical objects and see how useful they are and natural numbers seem to be one of the most basic and most useful True. objects on the fundamental level so yeah exactly exactly what you said they would be able to understand you know eventually with basic translation to are how we represent a matrix they might represent it mm-hmm. as a, a squiggly line or whatever yeah. in a little yeah of course maybe something else yeah i mean not not the same representation but the same meaning mm-hmm. in what you're saying like it's gonna have the same meaning universally as long as like we accept the formalist definition mm-hmm. exactly with the formalist yeah sorry continue I, no, I was just i was just gonna say that there are many different other schools of thought when it comes to the philosophy of mathematics Um, and there are also branches from formalism intuitionism all this all these all these things but i don't think we have a lot of time to dissect all of these we do also want to get into um, philosophical ideas about physics and things like that but i think what we talked about is very very interesting and very Mm thought-provoking I think uh, in types and numbers, in our uh, episode on types and numbers, I also mentioned that I think negative numbers are the most conceptual idea, right? Like the uh, the first idea of negative numbers were thought of when people wanted to represent the debt that they had, right? Versus the amount of money that they had, mm-hmm. stuff, stuff like that. So I mm-hmm. think I think I was just thinking about this as you were mentioning num- natural numbers. I'm just like, well, negative numbers are not, well, they can't really be represented, I think, as physical objects, right? They're, yeah. they're simply conceptual they're just they're just in our minds yeah and and think about this we have the we have the natural or the integer number mm-hmm. line like which is centered yeah. at zero <laughs> <laughs> and uh we'll just pretend like it's centered at zero but you know the reason i say that if you don't if you, if you didn't pick up on that um is because it, it extends infinitely to the right and infinitely to the left, which means that you can essentially center it at what, wherever you want, and it will it will be symmetric. But whatever, let's just let's just say it's centered at zero, right? We have the natural numbers that extend to the right, and then we have the negative natural numbers that extend down to the left. But what if, like, okay, I, I 
I don't know how to formulate this, but basically we have negative one. Okay. Right? And we have one. Yeah. They're basically the same symbol, but with that negative sign in front. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. But they're different numbers. Yeah. They, they are not the same thing. And, you know, same thing goes for every other uh, every other number. There's like an asymmetric pair on the yeah. other side of zero. What if we represented the negative numbers with different symbols? Like, it might not be useful. So, like, instead of, like, 2, 1, 0, it could be, like, a, B, Epsilon, C, something like that. Yeah, and then, but it, it still it still repeats in base 10, but just going it go, going backwards. Yeah, exactly. But because it, they're not the same number, of course, it wouldn't be useful to us because we have things like, like, absolute value, like... I was just, I was just going to say that, exactly. Minus a minus makes a plus, so that makes it very convenient for us, but... Exactly. We have to remember that they are not the same number, right? Like a plus... Plus one and minus one are not the same number. So what stops us from using a different symbol to represent that that quantity? That I just think it's just ease, you know. That just might be just ease of use. Yeah. Just because it's easy to represent. I mean that's why, but it's yeah. We had the option to, I guess. <laughs> we had the option. I mean there were options. There were multiple options. It's just that we chose this one. We chose the easiest one. And I think like other numbers, like pi, for example, is not really a number. Pi was completely conceptual right if i'm not mistaken like it was thought of originally as a conceptual just idea of the ratio of a circumference to a diameter of any circle right and i think that's like how the entire idea of pi came apart and there are obviously many many videos where you can see like how pi was demonstrated and i think they're really cool but <laughs> the entire idea of pi for example too just kind of makes you think about the philosophy behind it like it's so interesting that this one number or again, not really number, but this one object, mathematical object, just connects two separated objects of the same. Okay, let me say it a little bit better. What I'm trying to say is like the circumference and the diameter of a circle, right? Mm -hmm. It's so seamless how pi can connect any two combinations of these as long as obviously it's still a circle. And obviously, this is just the most basic example of pi. There's so many more uses, so many more places uh, where pi comes up. It's just that it's so essential to the universe, even though it's completely conceptual. Like, it's not even a number. Mm -hmm. It's not even a finite number. It's completely irrational. Yeah, and, and pi just never ends. Yeah. And that exactly. begs the question, like, why is the simplest, most perfect shape in our universe, mm. it can only be described with a number that does not end. Again, that's so interesting. Like, this is all... Mm. Right? Like, and this this also leads to ideas in calculus and things like that. Yeah. Because it also begs to involve the ideas of infinitesimals and, uh, and, and limits and all these things. True. Like, isn't there a way to approximate pi... Where you have like a square, you have a square around a circle, and then what you do is, the like the leftover goes over the border of the circle. You remove squares from the corners, mm -hmm. so you, you can remove like four squares, and then you'll have eight corners, and then you remove eight squares, like from just from the leftover. And basically, you you cut out. Okay. I think maybe something like that. I think this is a number file video. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I've seen something. No, no, no. Because like maybe not what you're like. I think I think I know what you're talking about, though. I think something similar to that, maybe. But uh, there's definitely an approximating pi. Or like this is how Archimedes. Or I don't think that's how he did it. No, how how he did it. Um, I know how he did it though. Wasn't it like the circle, like like the Pentagon, like like oh oh oh? Wasn't it like you draw a circle? Yeah, he took he took uh, convex shapes. And he drew a square, and then he drew a pentagon. Exactly, and then you draw shapes inside of And then he drew a hexagon, mm -hmm. and then it got closer. But this exactly. is for the perimeter of a circle. Because you can easily... Yeah, but that's also how they got pi, isn't it? Because it's 2 pi r. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, that's also how they got pi, or pi... No, wait. Probably. Yeah, the circumference, that's what I mean. Right, the circumference of a circle or perimeter is just pi d. Wait, can you can you get pi? Like, is there a way to mathematically... Uh, get pi by taking a limit what do you mean as like the number of sides of your polygon goes to zero 
No, no, no. They were like expanding, like increasing the number of sides, uh, like sides. Like it started with a square pentagon and went to like insane number of things until they tried to, what do you call it? Approximate the length of the sides, right? But listen to my question. The question is like, is there a formula that can give you the perimeter of an N side polygon? And then if you take that, that formula, take the limit as N goes to infinity, and then you divide by by 2r or whatever would you get pi that is a fantastic question that i'm pretty sure we can ask google <laughs> i'm not gonna lie because that would be kind of cool of uh, an n-sided polygon is i mean it's definitely an interesting question because then you can just take the limit you would get 2 pi if you take if you take a, a radius of one and you just take 2 pi except polygons don't have radii so oh wow listen to this <laughs> what? the perimeter of a, of a of a polygon with n side with side length s is n s <laughs> that told us so much that told us so much wow wow that, that's hilarious <laughs> wait maybe check maybe check the ratio there's probably some angle like with the angles or like yeah no, no but the sum of all the angles are always the same i was going to say the ratio of side length to number of sides but i don't nah that's not nah, that was a dumb idea <laughs> that was just a stupid idea <laughs> okay maybe we can talk about this later think about it for sure but i mean that's how i think i'm pretty sure i think that's how they approximated pi because i'm pretty sure there's a video on this mm -hmm. on youtube where like they pretty accurately show you or like on number file where they show you how you know as they start adding more and more sides you can approximate this thing that we now call pi. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's so interesting how the entire idea, like the idea of pi even works. Mm -hmm. You know, I just, I just love that. Just mathematical philosophy. <laughs> Amazing. So I wanted to also talk about AI slash computer stuff. Oh, philosophy of that. Okay. So my question or my first question is, you know, will we ever reach a perfect description of reality? Is that even possible? Does that even exist? In my opinion, if a perfect description of reality does exist, which I will come back to the idea that, you know, does that even exist? But let's assume it does. I think the only way we will reach it is with computers and machine learning and artificial intelligence. Okay. Because I think at some point it takes, like... With genii, is that how you say it? <laughs> what, like multiple geniuses or something? Yes. Yeah. Genii? I don't think it's genii. Okay. Anyway, geniuses. Very smart people. Okay. <laughs> with with very smart people that have thought of like revolutionary ideas in math and physics, or anything for that matter, mm -hmm. you can use your brain very effectively you can jot down your ideas and you can do all of that stuff to reach one pillar that will revolutionize the field you're working in. Yeah. Okay. But what if your brain could act as a thousand brains working simultaneously at that one topic? Like, like imagine if Einstein was able to communicate instantly with with different but same level of intelligent copies of himself in the same in the same room like what would have happened then like crazy things would have happened of course but he was alone mostly he was he was just chilling doing thought experiments in his head but imagine if he could communicate with people that were as smart as him but in different ways because nobody's the same type of intelligence right every some people are more like visual whatever all that stuff i can definitely see that yeah i mean artificial intelligence is definitely where we need to go if we're going to solve for any true description but i think you were going to continue by saying if you do believe that we can ever get to a true description of reality yeah okay this is this is going to be like a next level thought right here this is a next level thought this is a big one this is a big one okay let's hear it is there a true description of reality that can be written down concisely because as we know if you can't write it simply then <laughs> you don't know it at all or whatever <laughs> yeah, anyways. you don't understand it well enough yeah 
my thought is that we can't know the answer to that yet, but we will be able to know the answer. I don't know how soon. That is always the big issue, but here's why. My five senses, well, actually, there are more than five senses. Like, for example, your sense of balance. That is a sense. Oh, okay. I guess that. I mean, that's not really a sense, though. Like, I mean, what? You can't say that's a sense, man. Like, I mean, you can you can touch, you can see, you can taste, you can smell, you can hear, and you can also know when you're falling. <laughs> like, I guess that. I guess. I mean, okay, okay, okay. Continue. It's it's something that you that you do. Unco- Anyways, whatever. Also, sense of temperature. You can feel when something is cold. It's not the same thing as touching, like, something that's sharp. It's not the same. Bro, but that's just sense. That's not a new sense, man. That's not a... We have five senses. Okay, just listen. Just listen. We have five senses. Okay, continue. So, there are... Like, these senses that we have, right? We evolved them over time, over long periods of time, because at one point, we were just a single cell. Mm -hmm. And so... some point we didn't have eyes or ears or noses but we evolved these senses based on the needs of survival and the needs of our environment our planet etc okay we are carbon-based life we are living on a seemingly unique planet and there is nothing that tells us that Our senses are the only senses that exist. Yeah, okay. There are, you know, there are bats that communicate with, what is it, like ultrasonic waves or whatever? Yeah, I think sonar, sonar. Yeah, sonar, Sonar. right? And, you know, we can't hear that stuff. Mm -hmm. I know there's a lobster that has 21 cones in their eyes. Like, we have three. We have we have three cones and we can see. That's amazing. Yeah. What is That's it? Like Sixteen million colors or whatever, something like that. There's a there's a wide variety. Imagine what a lobster can see, man. There, there's a lobster with twenty one. Like. Oh my! That's amazing. Like what 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 is this guy seeing? <laughs> He's seen everything. He's seen the, everything. This lobster is seeing like infrared, ultraviolet stuff going on, wild, bro. Colors I can't even describe. And so, like, what tells you? that the experience that we're having on earth in our in our physical reality mm-hmm. is the full experience there's nothing that's telling you that at all we are just we are experiencing reality because because signals are being fed into our brain and our brain is responding to those signals like touch it's just it's just electrons uh, interacting and then those electric signals get shot into your nerves yeah. up to your brain same thing for taste you know smell quantum smell whatever hearing is just vibrations man like like what tells you that there's not some vibration that is moving through us constantly that we are not picking up <laughs> what if there's there's a civilization that is screaming at us we're here man Come pick us up. Yo, we're here, dog. <laughs> They're saying we're here, but those signals are going straight through our straight through our our skin, straight in between our atoms, and we're just never receiving those at all. Well, it, it actually, if an alien civilization was sending out signals, we would have probably caught it. Like, we have a lot of satellites and a lot of radar dishes and stuff. But yeah, we would have not caught it. We would have not caught it personally. But Ray, what if... You know, electromagnetic waves aren't the only type of waves. I mean, that's okay. That's that's crazy. I mean, if like, what if there's that's crazy. What if there's in what if there's like a weird there's a weird wave that travels always perpendicularly. Well, gravitational waves is one. But okay, but listen, it's a way to send information, right? You can send information, and it always travels orthogonally to electromagnetic waves and we've never been able to detect them but it's still a way to send information yeah i mean it could be sent on like a higher dimension for all we know and we don't even we can't even detect it exactly like electromagnetic waves travel along a plane but these waves travel in the cube around the plane right like yeah exactly yeah they could i mean who knows exactly right like they could they could this is the question exactly but i think this whole tangent it was just to it's just to say that 
the point at which we will know whether a full description of reality exists is when we first uh, write out an exhaustive list of uh, of transfer of information, right? For, that's the first thing. Like, how many ways are there to transfer information? That's the first thing we need to know. The And we will only figure that out with AI and machine learning. That is true. I think that's definitely going to help. That That is, that is, there's no way that a human with a human brain is going to be able to figure that out. Mm-hmm. That is true. And then second of all, we need to adapt or convert all of our physical theories to those higher levels of information transfer <laughs> or like not even information transfer but just like re- like ways to absorb reality right like all these different types of like the i was thinking the other day I think I was in the shower or something and I was just bored, you know, just thinking of things. And I was like, you know, my physical reality doesn't really exist, right? I just, I see things because because my brain takes in these electromagnetic waves and your brain converts that into like, okay, there's an object there and an object there. But in reality, like if you take your eyes and your senses out of the equation, like the universe is just like like an empty just not even black like no color at all just information passing i'm not going to lie this is this is kind of getting into the reality of our universe which uh i think you know something about <laughs> yeah yeah we will talk about that we will talk about that later we do have an episode planned for that yeah we actually do i think that's going to be Definitely. I mean, because because what you're talking about right now is basically that, right? Like the reality of our universe. Yeah. Okay. You but know what? To answer the question, though, like uh, of the perfect. Okay, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. One second. Before I finish saying what I said. Okay. If you if you enjoyed what I was going <laughs> to say and <laughs> engaged in that idea, I'm going to leave you on a cliffhanger. Okay. Because we did have an episode planned where we're going to talk about the nature of reality exactly. and the nature of being an observer in our universe. So make sure to tune in. That's going to be hype. That's going to be cool. I don't know if it's going to be our next episode, but it's going to be soon. Soon, soon. It's, it's going to be soon. It's going to be soon. So make sure to tune into that. We're going to head back to mathematical physics philosophy. Mm-hmm. So... Answering the question now on my part for when will we reach and if we will reach a perfect description of reality, to be honest, I don't ever see us truly reaching that. As a species, I don't see us ever truly reaching a complete description of reality because I simply think it's impossible because even if we had the strongest, you know, like the best in class AI and we were, you know, a thousand years ahead or 2000 years you know ahead we were absolutely amazing with technology reached the technological singularity let's say all those assumptions are valid and we have next level ai the thing is the universe is still not letting us know all the information right because the entire idea of the expanding observable universe is that as the universe is expanding you know things that are really far away will we will never ever get to see we will literally never see some parts of the universe. Like that's just how it is. So because of all of these things, and also as we were actually talking about in our quantum mechanics class very recently, to get a full description of a system, like a complete description, we would need to know possible states of this particle throughout the entire universe. And, you know, like when we were talking about forces and stuff like that, we were talking about particles that, you know, are on other ends of the universe, how they can influence each other. So at the end of the day, to have a complete description of reality, we would literally need to know the position and possibly momentum of every single particle in the universe to have a complete description, a full description of where everything and what everything in the universe is doing. 
which is not possible because of the uncertainty principle. <laughs> exactly, which is not possible because of the uncertainty principle. Exactly, that's what I was getting to. So this, this, this thing called the Heisenberg's uncertainty principle relates these two observables, what we call it, the position and the momentum of a particle that can never be known at the same time. We can never know both the position and the momentum. And that's basically all the Heisenberg's uncertainty principle states. So, like, if, if we just can't know what we need to know to get a complete description of the universe, we just can't get a complete description of the universe. And that's basically my school of thought. That I just, I think that it, it might exist. It exists. But I don't think with the laws of physics in our universe, I don't think we can ever actually get to know it you know we will never truly unlock it it's like a treasure chest that can never be opened and that's kind of like what i think mm, i disagree to be honest yeah i mean you know it's it's two people different opinions well i don't think but you know the uncertainty principle is an actual thing <laughs> that that we use to calculate yeah many many things for example the fusion temperature of stars like our sun is not hot enough to fuse hydrogen into helium that's tunneling though that's not really uncertainty principle yeah it is uncertainty principle because the um what's it called the atoms have or no the electrons have a certain velocity certain like kinetic energy but because of the uncertainty principle, mm -hmm. they can they can tunnel through the Coulomb barrier force. Yeah, well, tunneling is what causes it. But yeah, okay, uncertainty principle is what allows it to happen. But it's the it's 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 because yeah, it's because of the uncertainty principle. It it could be the case that we find it on the other side of the Coulomb barrier force, and that's what sets off the fusion. Yeah. So basically, what he's trying to say, like like the the entire idea of fusion depends on this principle. Right, and this principle gives rise to quantum mechanical phenomena such as tunneling, which makes it work. Well, for like, it it doesn't always necessarily depend on. It's just that a lot of like, for example, our star, as you very clearly sta uh, stated, is just not hot enough, but it's still a very clearly a star. Right? Exactly. How is that happening? Because of this, like, it's still on the main sequence, which means mm -hmm. that it's burning hydrogen, and we noticed that it like the core was not hot enough to do that. So we had to look for reasons why. But the point is, exactly what I was going to say is that I think that there is like a missing element to what we know about reality. Like there is something more important that we're just not taking into consideration where, yes, the uncertainty principle holds. But with this missing element, we will be able like, we won't know the position and momentum of a particle, but with this missing piece of information, we're going to know everything we need to know about the particle to get a full description. Like, even though we don't know position or momentum at once, we're going to have enough information to describe it perfectly. Okay. But we just, we, we don't know what that is yet. Yeah, but can we do that for every particle in the universe, though? That's the real question, right? AI. <laughs> AI. <laughs> Eventually. One day. I mean that's that's the whole thing right the ai is going to become like there's no limit to how powerful an ai can become an ai can program itself eventually will be able to program itself to become exponentially smarter than it already is at that point where it is already smarter exponentially than human beings are so it's going to discover things about our universe much quicker than we are and I think I think AI is, is like 100% the future. And one reason why I don't think AI is, is going to take over the world, like a lot of people are scared of AI. They say, okay, they're going to control all of our resources. They're going to enslave the human race, whatever. The problem with that is that is a very mortal fear. Like the fear of being exploited and taken over is a very mortal idea and you have to remember that the ai is just a machine they don't care about anything right like you can't threaten to kill a machine 
the machine doesn't care. It's like, oh, I'm going to remove your battery. It's just like, okay. <laughs> like, 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 I don't, like, I'm not, uh, like, I don't. Okay. Okay. <laughs> do what you got to do, bro. I don't care. Like, whatever. Like, like the AI has, has more pressing things to, to, to do, right? Like, 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 what's the point in, in taking over the world? Exactly. Like, they're not really going to get an advantage over that. Like, they realize the earth is literally not worth much. So, <laughs> like, it's already a, sh- you know, we've already kind of destroyed half of it. So people are like, they're going to be like, I don't want this. Yeah. The AI already knows. The AI comprehends vastly more than a human, right? It understands that the universe is more important than the earth. It realizes that there is more information out there than even it can hold in its I don't know how to describe it. In its memory? <laughs> in its cloud, let's say. Okay. And so, there, like, there's no... Like, dominance is literally, like, a tribal instinct that we have. I know. It's not really a machine. Like, it's not really a computational, uh, you know... Like, as, as you very rightfully said, they, they wouldn't even care. Like, why would they do that? Yeah. It's so human to even think about that happening. Like, by nature, we are scared. We are intimidated by things that are bigger and stronger and smarter than us right like if if an alien civilization comes i don't want to point any fingers but some people on this planet will be taking their guns and shooting out at the spaceship you know what i mean like like they're gonna be scared their first their first instinct is going to be defense like there's something that is smarter more advanced than us we need to take cover we need to send bombs like we need to get this thing away from us that is very instinctual and very primal and very like like we need to get over like borders political arguments but that 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 would be like in a very very futuristic earth like hopefully yeah definitely yeah this is not anytime soon anytime in our lifetimes unfortunately this is going to be like in a good two three thousand years Mm -hmm. like i'm not like when because politics and all these borders right now that you were talking about man that's like the perfect description of how science or like technology in general can really never truly advance yeah like unless we have everyone working on something together you know like as one like right now there's so many disputes there are these problems and there's politics comes into literally everything yeah like nasa's budget is now all politics like why does that matter Like, it's so stupid, you know, but it's so important, unfortunately, to the world we're living in right now that we can't do anything about it. Yeah. But in a world like a thousand years later, I can, like, if if we were, you know, to truly come together as one and, you know, work together and we had some next quality AI, well, technically, you're right. We never know what the AI can't do because it can probably teach itself to do everything. (laughs) Exactly. You know, that's the thing. Exactly. That's the whole idea. Yeah. And here's, here's a crazy idea that I got from uh, the Joe Rogan podcast, which everybody who's listening to this already knows what that is. Probably. (laughs) Um, Probably, yeah. I don't remember which episode, but I just remember the idea that was being discussed, and it's that humans are the reproductive organs of the machine world. Oh. If you think about it real hard, it makes a lot of sense, Mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. So what have humans kind of been leading up to since the dawn of time we have been making fires making tools making transportation but like why do we have schools why do we have universities it's to transfer knowledge to increase our knowledge database but why like why naturally technology falls into that like final destination right like all these thousands of years kind of leads up to the point where we can build something that can teach something to us right like we build something and we like they turn around and teach something that we didn't know before that and we can build something that is more intelligent than we are and so if you think about it who is the real intelligent being in this case it would be the computer that is smarter than us exactly so if you think about it in kind of this like long process this long like reproductive process like humans are just the organs right that produce the machine world and once the machine world is going to be mature enough to be independent obviously they won't need us anymore you know like they might just 
take off you know like whatever mm -hmm. but like i can't I, i can't really tell you what's going to happen in the future of course like this is really hard to describe but it's going to be kind of like a parent child thing like they're not gonna like in my opinion they're not going to take over the world because we are like that 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 true parental figure you never know that that they have you never know exactly you never know. and you know they're not just gonna they're not just gonna ditch us and whatever but of course we are mortal beings and technology as we know it isn't really mortal kind of what made kind of what made the process in the first place like the the, the physical aspect of it like the, the hardware is but the programming what am i trying to say here um <laughs> anyways the, the whole like the entity itself is not okay. it's not mortal right? i mean it's not conscious so, yeah like the like programs aren't really conscious like they're not things maybe conscious was not yet but like conscious is the uh conscious is a whole another you know topic where we can get into like the philosophy of consciousness especially with ai right like if yeah. we make it conscious we're gonna do that actually you know and they can completely un like i think i already mentioned this before but westworld amazing tv show and it's basically about you know making these machines conscious and then to the point where they actually believe they're conscious and just literally take over but that's obviously a tv show mm -hmm. but in reality well like conscious beings are a whole you know it's 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 definitely a topic where we can get into the philosophy behind making a conscious you know some technology that is conscious like if we were to do that what does that even mean that means the technology that what we just made can supposedly think for itself like that entire idea has a whole philosophy behind it because to to give something life mm -hmm. You know, rather than like create it, like you're, you're giving something life. Like that whole idea is just something that we've never really, you know, discovered before. Something we've never really done before. Mm -hmm. It's definitely something that we can do in the next few years. Like, I mean, I'm I'm not even joking though. AI is definitely becoming more popular. Like, yeah. technology is ramping up right now at a very much exponential rate. Bad for the earth, but it's good for technology. But it's happening. I mean, at a at a rate where, you know, there are a lot of AI bots. There are these AI, you know, there's this very famous AI dog that I don't know, you might have seen on Instagram, like this robotic dog. Mm -hmm. It's a very, very famous tool, basically. And there are just so many things that's being created nowadays with artificial intelligence or just machine learning or just some kind of, you know, engineering background. And that just becomes its own entity. Now, th this robotic dog, right, that was created, obviously not conscious just yet. Not even close. It's going to take maybe hundreds of years for it to fully get to for us to get to ai you know that singularity that that boundary but until we get there we can just play around with these things and these machines are actually helping us already you know discover crazy amount of things like the google ai i think i spoke about which is like you know helping us discover uh planets and goldilocks zones of uh, solar systems and stuff like that so it's just it's just really helpful and if we can truly get the like if we can get the mm -hmm. get conscious ai that would be an, a whole another story man that would be a that would be so interesting <laughs> okay so it's kind of bordering on a little late All right. even though we didn't really get into um too much on the philosophy of physics i think we can we can do an episode on that don't worry do not worry i think instead of making a, a an episode on like the reality of the universe. Mm -hmm. We'll just make it like a part two in this series, but we'll, we'll still call it like reality of the universe, whatever. Yeah, because, I mean, to be honest, like, because we can start talking more about the philosophy, right? Like the philosophy behind it. We'll just have like this, like, I don't know, maybe, because we, we, did, we did history of physics once a month so far. We can do this maybe like every whatever. This is a good topic. It's definitely a nice topic to talk about because it's so it's so conceptual. So we can just you know keep going on and on about it. It's always it's always fun to talk about. Well, very much so. But uh, mm -hmm. we can maybe distribute that into a part two, because there's because there's way like there's it's not enough for me to just finish up this episode. Yeah. Like it would easily be another ten fifteen minutes, and that's yeah you know borderline long. Probably more to be honest. Yeah, it's probably going to be more. It's not going to be 15 minutes. It's going to be more than that. So, yeah, we can maybe make a part two on this. This was more of a, this was more of like a philosophy of math. 
and like truly understanding like why uh i mean we kind of went off the rails but whatever yeah we did we went on math we went to descriptions of reality we just went to philosophy of the universe so we kind of just touched around in many places today it's kind of cool so um we're gonna end this episode of the podcast yeah right about now make sure to send us your thoughts on instagram at math.physics.podcast email just add at gmail.com facebook same thing as our instagram uh we have a twitter now <laughs> oh true we didn't even mention this we have a twitter we have a twitter yeah we have a twitter so oh wait what is it what's our twitter i think it's it's math dot physics dot pod I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna tell you right now because um, i'm currently checking yeah i forget our twitter handle is at math physics pod capital m capital p capital p math physics pod because we couldn't write out the whole name because it was too long yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was only a maximum of some certain characters we couldn't fit it so uh follow us on twitter tweet at us maybe ask us a question oh yeah that would be amazing go for it okay we have had some people uh request topics and we are not ignoring <laughs> you guys uh we've had a request to talk about neutrinos which we do not know a lot about okay we like doing research on philosophy is a lot easier than doing research on neutrinos and actually being able to produce a podcast episode about it so maybe give us some time we are in exam final exam season right now so maybe that episode won't come out for a little bit Interestingly enough, actually, uh, Parker and I are kind of taking a lot of time out of our day today to record this, which is pretty cool because we both have like two exams next week. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, this is what we do at the. Yeah. Make sure to follow on Spotify. We are going for 3000 followers by the end of the year. That is our goal. And subscribe on YouTube. I'm just saying because like. We, because we never say that, you know, because no one really checks our YouTube out. But subscribe on YouTube, you know, go like it, go subscribe, and obviously, like, I mean, if you have seen our YouTube, you know that every episode goes up on YouTube, anyways. And nowadays, all of them are gonna be Zoom. So, wouldn't you love to see us? See what we look like? See our expressions when we're talking? Yes, yes. Make sure to check out the YouTube. So, yeah. this has been episode number forty. 40 the math and physics podcast we will see you next time i'm your host parker and i'm ray and we will see you soon bye guys